You're listening to audio from Grace Community Church in Anger, North Carolina. More information about Grace Community Church can be found at graceccnc.org. Amen. Thank you, Stephen. Thank you, Leah. As Leah said, we're very excited about this ministry. Well, welcome to Grace Community Church. My name is Ricky, and I serve as one of your pastors here on staff. And this week, we're going to take a bit of a break, just a one-week break from our study through the Gospel of John. But rest assured, we're going to jump back into our study through the Gospel of John next week when Pastor Brad is back. Uh, But today, we're still going to be reading um, from the Bible something written by the Apostle John. So while we're taking a break from the Gospel of John, not at all are we taking a break from what John has to say to us. And this morning, we're going to be looking at the second letter of John, 2 John. Well, we're going to jump right into it. So as in keeping in custom with, uh, keeping in step with what we do here at Grace, I'll invite you to stand. And we're going to jump right into the book of 2 John. We're going to read through the book, but don't worry. It's only 13 verses, so you shouldn't be standing too long. Well, hear the word of the Lord, 2 John, beginning with verse 1. The elder to the elect lady and her children whom I love in the truth. And not only I, but also all who know the truth, because of the truth that abides in us and will be with us forever. Grace, mercy, and peace will be with us from God the Father and from Jesus Christ the Father's Son in truth and love. I rejoice greatly to find some of your children walking in the truth, just as we were commanded by the Father. And now I ask you, Dear lady, not as though I were writing you a new commandment, but the one we have had from the beginning, that we love one another. And this is love, that we walk according to his commandments. This is the commandment, just as you have heard from the beginning, so that you should walk in it. For many deceivers have gone out into the world, those who do not confess the coming of Jesus Christ in the flesh. Such a one is the deceiver and the antichrist. Watch yourselves so that you may not lose what we have worked for, but may win a full reward. Everyone who goes on ahead and does not abide in the teaching of Christ does not have God. Whoever abides in the teaching has both the Father and the Son. If anyone comes to you and does not bring this teaching, do not receive him into your house or give him any greeting. For whoever greets him takes part in his wicked way. Though I have much to write to you, I'd rather not use paper and ink. Instead, I'd rather come to you. I hope to come to you and talk face to face so that our joy may be complete. The children of your elect sister greet you. Let's begin our time in prayer. And Father, we pray that you'll open the eyes of our heart this morning so that we'll hear and understand, so that we'll be comforted and convicted. Father, we pray that we'll be moved to rest in your truth and yet be motivated to action and love. Amen. You may be seated. Well, I love this morning. We're getting through John a lot. So you're hearing a lot of John being read this morning. As, as Pastor Jeff began our time reading from the book of 1 John, and now we have just read, or 2 John, we have just read through the book of 2 John. And in a minute, we're going to work our way back through 2 John again. So if you don't hear anything I say this morning, I'm completely okay with that. As long as you read the book And you see what's on the screen. You have heard the word of God. You have seen the word of God a few times. So very grateful for that. Well, it begins a little odd, the book of 2 John, with referring to the elder. And he's writing to some lady, the elect lady. Well, 
Tradition recognizes that, well, the elder John is the one and the same as the apostle John. And I, I, I agree with this. As you read the, the things written by John, there's so many similarities in, in content as, where, as well as in style. Um, it's not uncommon. We know if you read John for him to use personification uh, to describe himself, um, such as the one whom Jesus loved, as well as to, well, to describe the church and her members. You'll hear him call them little children and the beloved. Uh, this is normal for John. Many of you actually even grew up in a church where um, if someone said preacher or if someone said pastor, you, you had no doubt who that was. You were close enough, you could be identified by such a name. What's well, clear here that John, he's writing to a people who knew him well. He's writing a very affectionate letter to a people that he loved very much. Well, now that we see in this letter, if you look at it, it's very short. And some people might say, this is a bit of a postcard instead of more of a letter. It's really short. It's really quick. When I was young and I would go on vacation, I would always get a postcard and I would send it to a friend or send it back home. As well as when friends and uh, family would go on vacations, we would get postcards back to them in the mail. Um, whenever I worked at TVR for years, when I was first there, postcards sold like crazy. Well, now postcards don't sell anymore. They don't even carry them in the snack shack. We, I guess we just, it's easy for us to send a text or uh, send a picture or, or an email right now. But postcards were something we used to always send. You can think of John as a, as a bit of a postcard. You just got something quick you want to say, and you want to hit it strong, and you know that whenever you get to them, you're going to be able to flesh out the details. You're going to be able to explain the rest. You're going to be able to elaborate a bit more. See, this second John, it's, it's a bit different. It's, it's, it's a postcard. It's written for a purpose. It's written for a singular purpose. It's written to a specific people. Unlike John's first letter, it's, well, it's circular. It's meant to be read around to different people. Well, John, we know here, he gets right to the point. No need for extra words. They know each other. John just gets to it. So John's purpose in this letter is this. He wants to urge the church to continue walking in truth and love. He just needs to get that out. He can't get to them yet. He can't give them the whole explanation, but he wants them to know something, and he wants them to know that they need to continue walking in truth and love as well as they need to be warned to not be deceived by false teachers. So John's postcard sent to a specific people in Asia Minor. But the Lord has preserved this letter. Because not only did the church in Asia Minor need this word from John, the Lord knows that we need this word from John today too. We too need to hear the message that we need to continue walking in truth and love. We too need to hear the message the message of warning to not be deceived by false teachers. This is for us today, too. And I have one thing, main thing I want you to remember, and it is this, that walking in God's truth is the most loving thing you can do. Walking in God's truth is the most loving thing you can do. Maybe you can relate in having to do something to someone that is perceived as unloving, yet you did it out of love. Have you ever had to do something for someone's good, but they didn't take, think it was very loving? I know I've had to do this. In our home, we've had kids break bones. We've had kids need CPR. We've had kids need the Heimlich maneuver. We've had kids ride in ambulances. But there's one event that stands above the rest, if not at least match the rest. And it is the night that we had to remove a splinter from one of my children's Feet. I'm sure the neighbors thought, as my child thought, that what we were doing, whatever it was, 
had to be unloving. Even at one point in the event, I was looking at April because it was a tag team event. It had to be. And I thought, we might need to take a break from this and try an exorcism. I mean, there's, there's, something, there's something more going on here than a splinter. I was convinced. For all of us who have had to weather a splinter event in your home, and I'm sure you have, one thing is needed before you begin. Besides a needle and, of course, a lighter to sterilize the needle, which really, really freaks them out. And, of course, you need, you need tweezers. But other than the tools, there's something you have to have before you begin. That is a commitment to make it to the end. You know, this thing has got to come out. No matter the intensity, no matter the pain, you know the infection that's looming. And you know that this thing has got to come out. John knew what was looming. He cared very much for this people. And he saw headed directly for them false teachers. Just as we see our kids go out on the deck barefoot, and we warned them, you need to wear shoes or you're going to get the splinter. John saw the false teachers who were headed toward them, and John sends out a warning to them. He scribbles out a postcard. He sends it to them, and he's saying, I want you to be warned. They are deceivers headed your way. They will bring much pain. They will bring infection. Just as removing a splinter will hurt the ones we love, we know if it's not removed, it will eventually bring infection. So as standing up to false teachers, it might hurt. It is the most loving thing you can do. Guys, where there is false teaching infiltrating our church, where it's infiltrating our homes, however it is infiltrating your lives, John tells us the most loving thing you can do is walk in truth and love. So let's work our way back through John's letter, verse by verse, beginning with verse 1 through verse 3. The elder to the elect lady and her children, whom I love in the truth. And not only I, but also all who know the truth. Because of the truth that abides in us and will be with us forever. John's postcard to this church and her children members. Whenever I read this, it's a very affirming greeting. I just feel so loved, and I'm sure they felt loved too. Whenever I read this verse, there's a bit of glue. I feel that bonds them together, and yet whatever it is that's bonding them together, I feel that's what binds us together this morning here even. But I don't think it's love. It's truth. We might be trained today whenever we are asked, well, what is it that brings people together, that bonds people together? Well, the answer is love. But when we look at Scripture, to me it seems to be clear, well, the answer is, is, is truth. Just as today you might be trained to ask what truth, when asked what truth is, well, it's what I determine the facts are. No, Scripture says what truth is is a person. It is Jesus Christ. John shows us that love is based on truth, and truth is based on a person, Jesus Christ. So what is it that bonds these people together? What is it that bonds us together this morning? The bonding agent is the truth of Jesus Christ, who is the way, the truth, and the life. How many in here might this morning, or how many of you this morning know someone who is searching for love, who is pursuing love, yet they don't want the truth? How many are pursuing truth, yet they don't want Jesus? 
Those who pursue love without truth. In truth without Jesus, they're going to find themselves disappointed. They're going to find themselves lonely. They're going to find themselves wanting. Might you today or someone you know be searching for love, but they don't want truth? Might they be searching for truth, but they don't want Jesus? They're going to be left wanting. Verse 3, grace, mercy, and peace will be with us. From God the Father and from Jesus Christ the Father's Son, in truth and love. So point number one is this. To walk in truth and love, you must know the truth. You must know the truth. The false teachers John is warning about are those who deny the hypostatic union. It's those who deny the truth about Jesus, that Jesus is both human and divine that he has two natures, that he is one person. They denied the truth about Jesus, the apostolic teaching about Jesus. And something we can't miss whenever we read John, whether you read the gospel of John, whether you read the letters of John, one thing you cannot miss, the revelation of John, is that what you believe about Jesus is everything. It is clear you cannot compromise on what the Bible teaches about Jesus because if you don't have the truth, And you won't have eternity with Jesus. Everything hinges on what you believe about Jesus. To walk in truth and love, you must know the real Jesus. You must know the Jesus of the Bible. You must know the truth. Verses four through six. I rejoice greatly to find some of your children walking in the truth, just as we were commanded by the Father. And now I ask you, dear lady, not as though I were writing you a new commandment, but the one we have had from the beginning, that we love one another. And this is love, that we walk according to his commandments. This is the commandment, just as you have heard from the beginning, so that you should walk in it. Some of you, especially older ones, might be familiar with a cartoon, a cartoon that ran in newspapers worldwide for years. And it was a cartoon by cartoonist Kim Casale. And she was famous for writing these little, these little love is. They're really neat. If you Google them, you can find a bunch of these love is. And they're little cartoons, and they give a definition of what love is. Here are a few from her cartoons. Love is not picking the most expensive dish on the menu. Yes. One for guys. Love is not massaging her toes. I'm just reading it. thought that one was odd. Love is... Like wine, better as it matures. Other than the toes one, I think, uh, I think Casali's onto something here. I think she's on track. However, these cartoons, they were ran in the 70s. The 70s, at least, was when they were at the height of their popularity. But I think today, if we had these Love Is cartoons in our newspapers or on our digital news, I think Love Is might look a little different. It might would read, Love Is... Tolerance without truth. Love is never insisting on changing or challenging someone's views. We might find love is refusing to label anything wrong. Point number two is this. To walk in truth and love, you must be committed to the truth. You must know the truth, and you must be committed to the truth. John, he was very much encouraged because he stumbled upon some believers from, the church, from this church who were committed to the truth. 
That means they were living in the truth, walking in the truth. That is, they were living a life in obedience to Christ's commands, demonstrated by their love. They lived a loving life, walking in truth. You've heard it said before, and I agree that love is first and foremost a commitment. Love is is not known by butterflies in your belly. Love is a commitment, whether it be from you to someone else or whether it be from someone else to you. Love is a commitment. And this isn't anything new from John. He writes in his first letter that anyone who loves God, they must love their brother and their sister. One of my favorite songs from a, uh, not one of my favorite songs, one of my favorite bands, they have a song that says, love is a verb, L-U-V, it's DC Talk. It's a band from any of our 90s uh, teenagers, such as I was. Love is a verb. Commitment to Jesus, well, it's proven because it is, it is active. Commitment to Jesus, it's backed up with evidence by people who obey Christ's commands because they're committed to the truth. And being committed to the truth, they love one another. I read preacher Vance Havner, he once said, um, well, what we live is what we believe. Everything else is just religious talk. John Stott said, our love grows soft if it's not strengthened by truth. And our truth hard if it's not softened by love. Might you this morning claim to have love, but you don't love Christ's church. Might you know people outside of these walls who claim to have love, yet they do not love Christ's church. How about claim to have truth, but do not live in obedience to God's commands? If you're not able to walk in truth and love, might it be because you're not committed to the truth? To walk in truth and love, you must be committed to the truth. They're inseparable for the Christian. and It's the most loving thing you can do. Verse 7, for many deceivers have gone out into the world, and those who do not confess the coming of Jesus Christ in the flesh, such a one is the deceiver and the antichrist. So, Why do we need to be committed to the truth? Well, verse 7 answers for us. We need to be committed to the truth because here's John's warning. He's saying there are deceivers. Point number three, you must beware of deceivers. You must be committed to the truth because there are deceivers who are out there. And I'm sure right now you all can think of someone in your life who believes about Jesus, something that the Bible doesn't teach. And that person might even be trying to convince you to believe otherwise as well and alter your beliefs about Jesus. Guys, to alter your belief about Jesus, to make it different than what is revealed to us in the inspired and errant word of God is a matter of eternal consequences. So much so that John had to scribble out this postcard and get it on the way. He wants you to be warned. Look out here. There are deceivers. There are false teachers. They have a false message, and they want you to believe something about Jesus that is not revealed in the inerrant, inspired word of God. He's saying, be warned. John's saying, beware. Wake up. Beware. This is not a game. John knows this is a matter of life and death. Beware. John is saying, those who are anti the apostolic teaching of Jesus, they aim to deceive you. They are of Satan. They are anti-Christ. So whether it be conversations with your your friends, whether it be uh, shows and movies you let into your home, whether it be a chapel or a church service, 
whether it be the academy, wherever it is, if what is being said about Jesus is not in line with God's commands, it's not truth, and hear me, it certainly is not loving, no matter what they say. It is anti-Christ. And John's saying, beware of these deceivers. As one commentator says, be loving to all by being inhospitable to some. This is serious. John now, he, he lowers his tone. I picture him grabbing us by the shoulders and looking us in the eye. I do this to my kids when I want to focus. And he looks us in the eye and he says, watch yourselves. So that you may not lose what we have worked for, but may win a full reward. We know from the larger context of Scripture, we know that those who are genuinely converted, they cannot lose God's free gift of salvation. Verse 9 will speak a bit more to that. But verse 8 makes it clear that those who entertain these false messages from these false teachers, beware. John says, you're in danger of not receiving the full reward. Verse 9. Everyone who goes on ahead and does not abide in the teaching of Christ does not have God. Whoever abides in the teaching of has both the Father and the Son. So instead of continuing in the commands of Christ, instead of walking in truth, John warns us of some people. He says, I want you to look out for the people who have new ideas. They think the Bible's outdated. They think the teaching is irrelevant. Look out for those who have new insights and new ideas about Jesus. Sadly, there are many we know today, I believe, maybe even here this morning, who have new ideas about Jesus that is not in line with the revealed word of God. They might believe it's simply outdated or misinformed. Isn't it amazing how we have so much in common with the recipients of the letter of 2 John? That's why God gave it to us. They needed to hear it then. The Lord knows we need to hear it today because there will always be people who are trying to deceive you, who are of Satan, who are anti-Christ, who are telling you what you need to believe about Jesus and altering what the Bible says. John is as clear as he can be. And I don't want to stand in front of what John is saying this morning. John gives a dire warning about the people who once were thought of by many to have followed Jesus, but no longer do. John looks intently at us, and he assures us that those who no longer live according to Christ's teachings do not have God. That hurts. But it's true. And the most loving thing you can do Walk in truth. But whoever abides in this teaching has both the Father and the Son. Those who persevere in Jesus' teaching, well, they prove that they have authentic Christian faith. John even records in his gospel, chapter 14, verse 23, he says that if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. And my Father will love him and we will come to him, and we will make our home with him. To walk in truth and love, you must beware of deceivers. This is truly a matter of eternal consequences. Verse 10, 
If anyone comes to you and does not bring this teaching, do not receive him into your house or give him any greeting. Verse 11, for whoever greets him takes part in his wicked works. So point number four is this, to walk in truth and love, you must reject false teachers. You must reject false teachers. No, no doubt, John had in mind some itinerant preachers when he's writing this. Um, churches met in the home, and then whenever preachers would come to town, they needed somewhere to stay, and they would try to stay with the families of the church. Well, to receive one of these itinerant preachers who were false messengers, well, it would be, in a way, supporting their work. You're enabling their work. You're giving them a home. You're giving them a platform by hosting them. John doesn't have in mind in here, well, don't be hospitable to anyone you simply disagree with. But it is clear that John has in mind here, don't support in any way someone who is actively, actively teaching false things about Jesus and his commands. Don't give them a platform. John says, don't encourage them in what they are doing. Don't endorse them. As far as you are able, don't give them any opportunity to spread their false teaching about Jesus in any way. John's writing to a church. That's where the teaching came through. Today, our teaching comes from so many different avenues. Parents, children, what is it we are letting into our home? What is it saying about Jesus? Be warned. John says, you must not welcome them, not greet the false teachers. If we knowingly greet them and welcome them and support their work, then we take part in their wicked works. Those who do not believe in Jesus, you might hear this and they might say, my word, that sounds unloving. But walking in God's truth is truly the most loving thing you can do. And to walk in God's truth, to walk in truth and love, you must reject false teachers. And finally, verses 12 and 13. Though I have much to write to you, I'd rather not use paper and ink. Instead, I hope to come to you and talk face to face so that our joy may be complete. The children of your elect sister greet you. Clearly, the church he's writing from. One thing I can say about the biblical authors they didn't hold back. They said what needed to be said, and they said the hard things. And out of John's deep love for this congregation, he was willing to say the hard things. He didn't shy away from the hard talks. He said what he had to say in paper. He scribbled it off, got it out, and he said, I'm going to come to you because he longs to be with them. No matter the weighty subject matter there was to be discussed, John longed to be with them because in doing so, he knew their joy would be complete. So lastly, point number five, to walk in truth and love, you must have the hard talks. You must have the hard talks. Walking in truth is the most loving thing you can do, which means you've got to be willing to have the hard talks. We've got to issue the warning as John did. Whenever we see it's coming and we see the source of pain and the source of infection, we have to issue the warning knowing that no matter how difficult the message is, no matter how much it might hurt, it's for everyone's good and it will ultimately bring deep fellowship and joy to the believers. Warn against false teaching. Reject false teaching. John's message is a warning, but I assure you, 
It's motivated by love. Just as our walking in truth is motivated by love. And I hope that all of you know this morning and trust my heart, though this might be a hard message, I hope you trust my heart and know too that I give this to you this morning in love. I've spoken truth. And for those who are children of God, truth and love, they're inseparable. And the most loving thing we can do is walk in truth by knowing the truth, by being committed to the truth, by by being aware of deceivers and rejecting false teachers. Let us have the hard talks. But for any of you who might be with us today, who are not walking in truth, I want you to know that John, he records some encouraging words for you too in his gospel. Namely, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son so that whoever would believe in him should not perish but have eternal life. John writes in his first letter, he says that if you confess your sins, God is faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. It's not too late to believe the truth. This morning, if you will, will you surrender your life to Jesus? To him alone as being the way the truth, and the life, might Jesus be calling you this morning to believe in the truth? If so, will you call out to Jesus in your heart, right where you are seated? Will you call out to him, asking him to save you from the power of sin and from the punishment of hell? Will you admit to him that you are a sinner? As we all have done. And will you surrender your life and all that entails to him? That's your past, praise God, your present, and your future. Give it all to God. And if you'll do that, or if you are doing that, I would love to speak with you. And I'll be down front after the service. I would love to speak with you. Whoever abides in the teaching has both the Father and the Son. Take heart. Let's walk in truth and love. Let's pray. Father, I pray that the eyes of our hearts have been opened this morning. I pray that we have heard and that we have understood. Lord, I pray that we have been comforted and yet convicted. Lord, I pray that we have been moved to rest and been motivated to action and love. It's through our risen Savior, Jesus, who was crucified, died, was buried, and rose again, that we're able to approach you and ask these things. Thank you for hearing us, Lord. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for keeping us. Through Jesus we pray, amen. Thank you for listening to audio from Grace Community Church, located in North Carolina. Feel free to make copies of this audio content to share with others. But please do not charge for those copies or alter the content in any way without permission. For more information about Grace Community Church, go to graceccnc.org.